to a part of a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure time so much as to eat. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's saying, come to ourselves. Let's part away from everybody. Everybody's got to get a getaway every once in a while. Amen. And it's a wet for a rest. And uh, there were many coming and going. They had no leisure time so as much to eat. Anybody ever get so busy you can't eat? This is just picture this, this scripture setting and that mindset. And they departed into a desert place by the ship privately. Everybody say privately. And when they saw the people, when the people saw them departing and many... And many knew him and ran afoot thither out of all the cities and outwent and came together unto him. Basically, they chased him. They didn't let him get away. They followed him to wherever he was. And Jesus came out and he saw much people and he moved with compassion towards them. Can I tell you, we have a lot to be thankful for. God has been good to us over the years. I know he has been good to me and my family. But here's a, a, a key point I want to point out today is Jesus came out, and when he saw people, he was moved with compassion. As apostolic Christians, that is a mandatory thing. You have got to be compassionate about people and at their need. Amen? And Jesus saw them, and, 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 and because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, Jesus was the first long-winded preacher. That fell flat. <laughs> and his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. And now time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go buy bread? Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? And he said, Go and see. Sometimes you got to go seek for what God's telling you to find. And he told them to go out and to seek it. Go out and find it. Go out and see what the people have. Everybody say, Every one of us has something to give to somebody. Every one of us has something that we can give to somebody, whether it's a word of encouragement, pat on the back, or, or food at the time of need. Everybody has something to give to somebody. And this is what Jesus was talking about. He's saying, go out. Go out and see what they have. And when they, and when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them all to set down by companies in the grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when they had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. And he broke and he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes he divided among them all. They did eat and they were full. Now check this out. Verse 43, it says, And when... They took up 12 baskets of fragments of the fishes. They started out with nothing. Then they had five and two. And now they're up to 12 baskets full. Listen, it doesn't matter what you think you have. That's important. 
But what is important is that you are willing to give what you have. If you are willing to take anything that you have and put it into the kingdom of God, God will turn around and bless you. Now, I'm no good at math, but they had two and five, and now they got 12. That's a pretty good return on investments, right? I thank God that he's a blessing God. I thank God that he's able to take what we have to offer and to bless it and give us more in return. And they did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. And to go to the other side of Bathsheba. And while he sent the people away. So Jesus said, look, I know that you need a break. So I'm going to send you on out by yourself. And I'm going to stay right here. And I'm going to send the people out. And so he, 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 he sent them on his way. And he departed into the mountain. And when, he, when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. And he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. Everybody said a storm. Every once in a while, we're all going to go through a storm. Go on somewhere, please. Hold on. And at the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it be his spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them in the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. Now this is the key verse, and this is what I'm going to preach to you about this morning. Verse 52. For they considered not... The miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. If you'll sit down your Bibles and lift your hands. Lord, we love you and we thank you today, Jesus. We thank you for the move of your presence in this place today, God. We thank you, Lord, for the touch that you have given us, Lord. We thank you for every miracle you've already done, God. Lord, I believe, Lord, in this prayer line, miracles are already working, God. Lord, I thank you for healing, Bailey. I thank you for healing, Alex, today. God, I believe, God, that you have done so much in this service today, Lord. And I ask you, God, to touch my ears and my mind and our heart, Lord, and let us receive receive from you today, God. Lord, we give you praise and glory. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. And we're going to strive right through this. We're going to get through the word, and then we're going to go into the dedication. And I believe it's all going to kind of flow together. Amen. And so, uh, what a great account of this is from the Bible we find in, in, in the fact in Matthew and Mark chapter 6 is a great chapter. If you were ever in the middle of a storm and you're wondering where Jesus is at, just open up your Bible and read to Mark chapter 6 because you will find out that Jesus is right there in the middle of the storm with you. And as a matter of fact, Jesus probably sent you into that storm, not to destroy you, but to build you. Amen? In the reading of our scripture text today, We kind of break into the middle of the disciples' day. So allow me a few minutes to go back and give you a background of what was taking place here. Disciples had just come back from ministering after Jesus had sent them out two by two to give them power over the unclean spirits. And as they gathered around Jesus for some quiet and time and some rest, uh, but Jesus was so popular at this time that many people were coming and going and they had no leisure, the Bible says. Seeing seeing uh, uh, Seeing this, Jesus says, get into the 
the ship and go away privately. It's good to have a plan. But when people on the land saw that they were going and decided to follow him to the land on the other side, the Bible says that they ran afoot out of the cities and arrived to where the other side before Jesus and them ever got there. And they came together. And Jesus and his disciples arrived by boat and there were many people waiting on him. And Jesus looked at the people and he saw them there and they were like sheep and they, they had no shepherd in there. He was moved with compassion towards them. Folks, whenever you look at one another or you look at somebody walking the street or somebody out in the middle of a rainstorm or a snowstorm, if you don't have compassion on them, you need to find an altar somewhere because you got to have compassion for people. You see, and it begin, and then Jesus, he reaches out and he begins to minister to them and he begins to teach them. And the day is almost gone and they were in a desert place and there was nothing to eat. So we, we read all of that where the food came and now we see that Jesus is always moved with compassion at the sight of the need, whatever it may be, whoever it may be, whoever it needs it. I, I don't know, but I can tell you this, Jesus Christ is in this building today. And he has got his eyes set on you. And he is full of compassion for you. He knows exactly what you're going through today. And he's here to meet you on an individual level today. Why? Because he wants to perform a miracle in your life. And I do know this. God always touches everybody that has a heart to be touched. If you don't have a, a heart and you don't want Jesus to touch you, let me tell you, he's not going to touch you today. If you don't want Jesus to heal you, you're not going to be healed today. You see, because Jesus looks at the heart of the situation. Brother Miller and I was just talking about this this morning. It all has to do with the heart. If your heart is in the right place and, and you give money to a bum on the street, uh, and I can say that because I was one of them, if you can give money to somebody out there and they take that money and they go down to the liquor store, there's no reason for you to be ashamed about that because you had compassion. It was your heart to help. But they didn't take that help the way they should have. You see, Jesus will never move in you, and Jesus will never take you where you don't want to go. He always touches at the sight of a need. I've preached it before, and I've said it before. If you're in prayer, if you're in a line at Walmart, and the, and the, and the cashier says, I've got, I've got a headache, it's not, a, it's not the time just to say, I'll pray for you. And then go home and pray for them. It is the time to reach out and pray for them right there in the line at Walmart. Why? Because Jesus met everybody at the point of their need. Whatever you might need here today, it has touched the heart of Jesus. It could be bigger. It could be a small need. It doesn't really matter because God as attention is drawn to you today. If you come here with a need or a problem, it could be a sickness, it could be a financial need, it could be a miracle, it could be a marriage problem, it could be a family problem, it could be your kids, it could be you need deliverance from drugs and alcohol. 
You're looking at a pastor that was delivered from both of those. You could be set free from all of those things if you need to be rescued from an immoral lifestyle. God can do that today too. You may feel trapped by a set of circumstances in your life. Can I tell you that those circumstances do not have to define you? Those circumstances do not make you who you are. They are just that. They are just circumstances. This is where I'm at at this point in time in my life. It does not define you. Your past does not define you. But what will define you is Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you feel trapped, you're able to be set free in this building today. Because Jesus has invaded this place. And you have gotten his attention. And all you have to do, listen, when I came back to the Lord, I didn't go up front. I didn't go to the altar. I didn't do any of that. The man of God just simply said, if you would just look up to heaven and raise your hand, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that if you're trapped by a setting of circumstances, all you have to do is just raise your hand and look to heaven and begin to ask God to help you change your circumstances. He already knows what they are, and he's here this morning to meet you at your need. It doesn't matter what you need, because Jesus is here. We serve a great God who is able to do abundantly above and beyond all that we think or ask. Can I tell you there's nothing too hard for God? There's nothing that God cannot fix. Does anybody agree with that this morning? That no matter what goes on in life, that Jesus cannot fix it. There's no life too broken that God cannot put back together. There's no sickness that's too great that God cannot heal. You see, so Jesus and the disciples, that he's going to feed the crowd. He tells them, I'm going to feed them. He commands his disciples to go out and see if anybody has any food to bring everything back. They come back with the five loaves, two fishes. The Lord prays over it and blesses it and breaks it. And he feeds the 5,000 plus men and women and children. That is a miracle, amen. I want, you to, I, want, I want you to put that in your head today. That is a great miracle. 5,000 men plus women plus children. And he fed them with five and two. What a tremendous miracle that was. What a mighty display of God's miracle power. From just a few loaves of fishes, he produces a miracle so big that it feeds the multitude. And not only that, he has some leftovers. God met them at their need. Now check this out. Not only did he meet them at their need, God sent them home with something. Can I tell you, he's here this morning to meet you with your need, and he's going to touch your need, but he's also going to send you home with something. He's also going to send you home with a new attitude, with a new mind frame, with a new outlook on life. Why? Because we are in the presence of a miracle working God. Now, we've been blessed here over the last few uh, months. We have had over 50 healings in this place since Brother Christ, with Brother Kreitz and all the way through up until uh, last week, we've had over 50 healings at, at TOP, and I'm forever, forever thankful. But can I tell you that Jesus Christ still has more to do? He has more in us that he wants to do. You see, he doesn't want to just bless you. 
He doesn't want to just heal you. He wants to send you home with something. He wants to send you home with more than you've asked for. Can I tell you that God always goes above and beyond? Now, remember the disciples, they were tired from a day of ministry. They needed rest. Their bodies were weary. So Jesus makes them get in the boat. He tells them to go on the other side. He stands behind. He sends the crowd away. After the crowd's away, Jesus goes to pray. The evening gives way to night, and the disciples are caught in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a sea by a storm. The Gospel of John tells us that they had rowed about 25 to 30 furlongs. That is about three miles. The Sea of Galilee from the north to the south is only 12 miles, and from the east to the west is only six miles which that is what the disciples were going. They were going from west to east. It was nine hours after they started rowing that they had only rowed for three miles. How many of you feel like you've been stuck in a situation for a very, very long time? I haven't gotten very far. I haven't gotten very far in my walk with God. I haven't gotten very far in my Bible reading. I haven't got very far in, in, in this situation. I, I, I'm rowing, but I'm not making any ground. I'm not going anywhere. You see, they, they rowed, row, row, what's the word? For nine, they were rowing for nine hours, and they only made it three miles. Folks, the key to that is just to keep rowing, just to keep going. Just to keep believing. When the storm's coming in and it's raging high and it's beating hard and the wind is blowing, just keep rowing. Because I promise you that Jesus Christ will show up in the middle of your storm. I thank God that Brother Kevin and Sister Rachel never gave up. They never gave in. In the midst of all the stuff with Aiden that was going on through the pregnancy, they just kept rowing. They just kept believing. God's going to do this. Everything's going to be okay. And today we get the honor to dedicate this little miracle baby back to Jesus Christ because somebody had faith that in the midst of all the storm, in the midst of all the trial, no matter how dark it looked, and I'm not going she's going to testify and all that here in a little bit, but I can promise you, if you never give up and you just keep believing and keep fighting and keep praying and keep asking God, you might get a little tired of rowing every once in a while, but I feel like there is an angel that comes around and he starts grabbing that row away from you. And we will have the victory. Thank God. Thank God they never gave up. Thank God that they never gave in to what the doctors were saying or thinking. Thank God even when they were tired, they kept their hands to the row and they just kept on going. The storm was fierce. And they thought they were going to perish. Perish. 
But Jesus came to them during the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Sister Miller, she testified last night or last week about God healing her of cancer and God taking that away, how she felt like she just had to get up at 3 a.m. and go to pray. That is the fourth watch of the night. That's the darkest part of the night. But I'm telling you, that's where God met her. God met her at the fourth watch at 3 a.m. That's when God healed her. That's when God touched her. That's when God began to work. She never stopped. She kept on rowing. God, I don't see it, but I'm I'm going to pray anyhow. I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. anyhow, God. I'm going to do it. She kept on rowing. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, when the storms come, just keep on pushing ahead. Some of you are here today perhaps feeling like you've been rowing all night long in the storm that you're in. And it feels like you've been struggling for a long time with the same situation. And it has plagued you time and time again. It feels like you're losing strength to row. You no longer can look out upon the scene and see what's in front of you. All you see is water. All you see is the storm. All you see is the bills. It's all crashing around you. But I come to tell you this morning that in the midst of that storm in the midst of the wind in the midst of the wave Jesus Christ is coming to you now notice in our scripture it says he would have passed them by but somewhere somebody saw it and they started crying out I'm telling you if you don't pray with a desperation if you don't keep on praying and you don't keep on fasting and you don't keep on worshiping Jesus may just as well pass you by I don't know about you I don't want to miss my miracle I don't want to miss my blessing I don't want to miss my healing Pastor, why do you say miracle and then you say blessing and then you say healing? Can I tell you that they're all three a little different? Sometimes God does a miracle something instantaneous. A healing process. A blessing is a blessing. But I don't care how you categorize it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want the enemy to silence my praise. I don't want him to silence my prayer. I don't want him to silence my fasting. All because I'm in the middle of a storm. But the Bible says Jesus came to them on the fourth watch. In the darkest hours, he came walking in the water. He stepped in their boats. And when he stepped in, the wind stopped and the waves ceased. The Bible says in John. Now check this out. Bible says in John where were they when all this started going on they were in the middle of the sea they had rode out to the middle but the Bible says in John when Jesus steps into the boat that they were immediately on the other side of the sea now, can I tell you, when Jesus steps into your situation, it's not a long process. It wasn't a long process to get there. Immediately, when Jesus stepped into that boat, it transported them to the other side of the sea. When Jesus steps into the middle of your situation, 
the results are immediate. When we make time for the Lord in our life, He begins to immediately work on us and work before our, on our behalf. Just one touch of the Master is all you need here today. But today, I want you to know that we are forgetting something. The disciples, they forgot something. The Bible says that the disciples were very amazed in themselves upon measure. And they wondered and they marveled. They wasn't talking about the feeding of the 5,000. What they wondered about and what they marveled about was the miracle they had literally just saw. And that is when Jesus stepped into the boat, the wind stopped, the waves stopped, and they were immediately on the other side of the problem. The Bible says, Bible gives us the answer, and it goes on to say, so it says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. In other words, their eyes were on the storm and not the great miracle that God had just performed. They forgot the miracle. And today, I want to give God glory for 50 miracles, 50 healings in T.O.P. this year. Can we just worship Him a little bit? Let's not forget. Let's not forget the miracles that God has already done. Remember, He touched you. Remember, He healed you. Remember, He touched. Remember the lady that came to the service and God healed her heart and touched her heart. She was supposed to have a heart trans, uh, transplant. I can't remember all of it. But y'all remember that? If God did it then, God will do it again. Amen? I claim it today for Sister Patty. They think she, it's her heart that in, she's in the hospital for. I'm telling you, God is a healer of the heart condition. Amen? If you're sitting in this building today with a heart condition, God can heal you. You see, the disciples' biggest mistake when they were in the storm, they forgot what they had just witnessed. They forgot what they had just saw because all they could see was what it was immediately in front of them. Now let me tell you something, T.O.P. God doesn't want you to see what's in front of you. He wants you to remember what's behind you and see what's in front of what's in front of you. What's beyond the storm? What's beyond the storm? Remember, let's not be like the disciples and forget the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Let's not forget what God has blessed us with. Let's not forget that that little baby is a miracle. Not just him, but Ava is a miracle. God has been good to T.O.P. God has showered us with miracle healing after miracle after healing after healing after healing. How many of you remember? Now, now listen, it's going to get a little dicey right here, but I got to move on. We got a lot to do. How many of you are going through a storm right now? And all you're looking at is the storm.
You're forgetting about what God already has done. Get your eye off the storm. Look back to what he's done. Use that to propel you beyond the storm, through the wave, through the fire, through the trial, because there's something great on the other side. On the other side of my storm is victory. On the other side of my storm is a miracle. On the other side of my storm is freedom. But you see, America and apostolics, they forget too soon what God did yesterday we could never ever forget what God has done in this church and as I close out this sermon I would like all of us to stand all across this altar as uh, ushers will come not ushers, our musicians will come God does not want you to live on the past miracles. God wants you to remember them when you're in the storm. Because when you're there and you look back and you say, God healed that lady. God healed that man. God did that. I remember that. I was in that service. I was in that service when Sister Janine put her walker, somebody put her walker up on that stand. And she's not using it. She hasn't used it since. As far as I know, I'm looking for the day. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for the day that that cane that she's using to get around right now is going to be setting up here because I know God is not done yet. God is not finished yet. But let's not forget where he's brought us from. Let's not forget the miracles he's already done. They can use them, use them, use them as a propeller into the future. Now, if you're here this morning and you need a touch from God, this altar's open. If you're here this morning and you need God to do a work in you, this altar's open. If you're here this morning and you just simply need God, hey God, I forgot. I forgot what you did for me. But God, I'm not going to let this storm, I'm not going to let this circumstance determine who I am. This altar's open. I'm not going to hold you long. But I do believe God wants to set somebody free today. I do believe that God wants to set somebody in this house free. That's it. Just go ahead and praise Him. You remember the miracles? Least. Let's not forget. Don't forget what God's done for you. Don't forget what God's done for this church. Oh. Lord, I believe, God, you're going to heal Bailey, Lord. I believe, God, you're going to touch his spine right now, God. Lord, you touch mine. I remember the day 
I walked into the apostolic church in York, Pennsylvania, walking sideways. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't move. But God, I remember sitting on that platform in pain. But God, when song service started, I made up my mind I was going to get up anyhow and I was going to worship you. And I got up and I got down and I got up and I got down. Bishop looked over at me and he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, why? He said, how's your pain? I said, what pain? The Lord healed me when I stepped on that platform and I made up my mind I was going to praise God anyhow. So no matter what pain you're going through today, no matter what you're facing today, if you will just worship Him, He will bless you. He will heal you.